Hello? Scott, it's yes. Nick Hillman from Happy here. Hello, Nick, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm very good. I'm, I, I'm, I've only just picked up your call. It's probably in the middle of the night or something in Australia, isn't it? Oh, well, it's only 9.31 in the PM here. It's awfully nice of you to ring back. Oh. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was on the other. I was on. I was on a very long call on the other line. So, oh, we figured um, you were probably just out at lunch or something like that. Uh, I'm, uh, I probably should have been, but <laughs> never mind. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you're probably. Now, how won- can I? How can I? You're probably wondering why I rang you. I rang. Uh, well, I think you mentioned free speech report. Did you? Yes, I did. I, I looked in the uh, most authoritative source. Um, oh, by the way, this is uh, you're on Net FM in Sydney, Australia, and we're going out live around the world as we speak. And thank you very much for calling ah, us back. Uh, we uh, we noticed in the DailyMail.co.uk, the world's most authoritative source of newspaper articles, about this um, uh, study uh, that you did. Or, uh, and yeah. um, some of the uh, interesting things that uh, British uh, university students um, had uh, had thought about and come up with, uh, including um, 68% of, uh, of them that thought that they should be uh, warned about what's coming up uh, in their lectures uh, in case there was difficult issues in which they could choose to leave the hall. Yeah. Now, I was curious as to know, what does that mean? What is that... What what is a difficult issue? Is it like two plus two, and that's a bit stressful for them? Or what? okay, yeah. Well, well, you're right. I was very surprised by that finding. It's very high. And uh, what we our survey we asked first of all we asked students if they liked uh, the idea that universities should be places of free speech, and they and lots of them said they did. But then we asked the question in different ways. And as you said, we asked the question: Do you think your lecturers should warn you before they discuss tricky issues in a lecture? And 68% said yes. Now, the sort of issues they, that these trigger warnings have been used for are things like issues of sexual consent. So maybe a law lecturer needs to cover the issue of a court case about rape, right. for example. Right. Or maybe an English literature lecturer is discussing a piece of English literature that discusses tricky, you know, tricky sexual consent issues. It's those sorts of issues. Oh, Okay. That's but odd, isn't, isn't, isn't that uh, uh, acting in a way that's consistent with this namby-pamby marshmallow life that um, <laughs> parents now are uh, uh, imposing on their children? Oh, I can't have little Johnny listening to this. Oh, we can't have little Johnny going to school and hearing the, the, the teacher talking about uh, yes. you know, a- animals being wow. killed and all this helicopter parenting and and overprotecting children who end up then having difficulties in handling the disappointments of life, the, um, uh, people, the, the, the reality of life. It's just Some people would say hand. so. Yeah, some people would say so. I mean, some people would certainly say the point of going to university is to uh, learn about tricky issues. So to then hide away from them when you get to university. And some people might also say, if, you want, if you're going to be a lawyer, perhaps you need to think about difficult uh, issues. Uh, my concern as someone who's interested in, in education is also if the students then leave the lecture, they're actually missing out on part of the curriculum that they went to university to study for. Yeah, exactly. And um, 
some people say universities should be, you know, they shouldn't be safe spaces. They should be dangerous spaces where dangerous ideas are discussed and, and yeah. bad ideas. And, and I'm broadly supportive of that because I think bad ideas only get exposed by debating them. I agree entirely. So, so in, in, in the case of a law idea. lecture that you were, you were giving an example of, where if the lecturer decided to uh, describe uh, a famous case involving a murder and went into some detail about it, um, and uh, people were offended by that. Um, what what the survey has indicated is that there should have been a warning. I suppose you've got to couch the warning. Oh, I'm about to talk about a murder case. Anyone who feels they might be offended by it or frightened off by it or might, might get sick over it, you better leave now. That type of thing. Yeah. That's just yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That, that is crazy. Exactly. And, and, uh... The world has gone mad. <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, to, so to, be honest, to be honest, there are real problems. With that. To be honest, there were other findings in the survey that worried me more. Oh, do tell. Um, to give you what, so so I'll give you two examples. One was there is an idea that universities should be declared safe spaces, which means uh, all debate about any issue in a university setting must take place within specific guidelines, and that worries me more because I think universities should be places where new knowledge is uncovered, yeah. where old issues are discussed in new ways. Yep, 48% of students said their university should be safe spaces. The other finding that really worried me was the finding that we said to students, so which groups, which political groups do you think should be banned from going to a university and speaking? And 27% of students, so more than one in four, said a British political party you may have heard of called UKIP, the United Kingdom Independence Party, mm -hmm. uh, should be banned. Now, whatever people think of them, they're a legitimate political party. The UK yep. is currently in the middle of a debate about whether we stay in the European Union or not, mm -hmm. and UKIP are on the side of saying we shouldn't. But one in four students think this legal, legitimate political party that millions of people have voted for Where? should be banned from even appearing at a university. And that worries me. And by the yeah. way, I don't support UK, but that worries me. Where, do they, where are they getting these, these bizarre ideas? I know that um, I've, I've got a, um, a de facto stepniece that um, goes to universities uh, in, here in Sydney. And she is just, you know, I, I expect that you're going to have a, a, a fairly left-wing radical commie pinko type of attitude when you go in your first year of university because that's what you do but it seems that especially in england these days that universities have just become this hotbed of anything to do with any kind of i could take offense at something and therefore i shall be offended by it kind of attitude um where where is this manifesting itself from where is it coming from well, we could talk about, um, you know, we could go back many decades and talk about when uh, the age of majority was reduced to 18. Because in the old days, universities uh, had a sort of duty of care over to their students when you didn't become an adult or, until you were 21, that they don't have anymore. And my policy conclusion, so we wrote a whole paper on these results. And my, we're a policy think tank that I had up. And mm -hmm. my policy conclusion is, look, we need to remember, you know, let's not blame the two students too much. They are only very often 18. They're living away from home for the first time. They frankly haven't thought about these issues properly. Mm -hmm. And one of the results in our survey is they're just deeply confused. And um, what, we, what we say is academics need to bear that in mind because if there are places 
where what students, students' illiberalism, their lack of support for these free speech issues, is actually disrupting what a university is meant to do, then the academics need to have a conversation and a debate and a discussion with their students and take the side, I agree with you, take the side that universities should be places where things can be discussed in freer ways, perhaps in than normally takes place in society as a whole because where apart from a university do you have the resources the knowledge the time to discuss the world you know the really big problems confronting the world mm. if, if those discussions aren't happening in universities i don't know where they're going to happen and just as a matter of curiosity out of the thousand students that you uh, you polled um at what yeah. what year would they have been as uh, were they in first year university or were they spread throughout the the whole gamut uh, all, of age groups. all years oh that's even more disturbing they were, they were all they were they were all undergraduates so they weren't postgraduates they oh. were mainly young they were all full time uh they were mainly young and they were all undergraduates so um uh it and and but it is first year, second year, third year, even some fourth years. Most most courses in England are only um, UK are only three years long, oh, okay. but there were even some four. four oh. years See, I find that even more disturbing because I'd expect it from first years, <laughs> but by the time you get to third year, you should have had some idea. Now, the the the, the National Union of Students, they're a, I assume a fairly powerful group, and and uh, with their no platform policy, which just is beyond my comprehension yeah. in the first place. But are they? Do they? have a, a significant voice in the production or, or, or in the, the, the setting of, of, of education policy in any way? So, um, <laughs> sorry to say this, but yes and no. So they do in terms of, I mean, they really do in terms of what happens in a university setting because lots of, for example, visiting speakers to a university will be invited to speak to the students' union. So the no-platform policy is very significant. And although the no-platform policy, they have a list of organisations of people who are officially banned from student unions. Jermaine and most Greer. of those are pretty unpleasant. <laughs> well, most of those are pretty unpleasant. Jermaine Greer is not on that list, but she has fallen foul of the rules because they interpret the rules more broadly than the official list. The official list is full of some pretty nasty groups, you know, who sympathise with terrorists and things like that. Yep. But then the trouble is, once you've crossed the boundary of wanting to ban lots of people, it does end up hitting people like Jermaine Greer, exactly. Mm. Um, now, nationally, the National Union of Students, um, nationally, they hold protests against government policies. They do lots of shouting. Um, behind the scenes, and I know this because I used to work for a university government minister, mm -hmm. the, the minister in charge of universities. Behind the scenes, they're actually rather helpful and have much more mature discussions. The problem is uh, they've just elected someone who um, I've never met her yet, um, so I don't want to be too rude about her, but, but, but she is definitely more extreme than their other recent leaders. Oh and the fear is, the fear is she won't even have the sensible conversation behind the scenes her predecessors have had. And so where is this going to leave university education in England? In, in a decade, are we just going to see a whole bunch of these people having graduated and gone out into the real world and then just completely and utterly falling to pieces because they don't actually realise what the real world is and then they're, they're buggered? Uh, well, well, I, well, I hope not. Of course, the sort of extremes uh, represented by some people, for example, in the NUS, the National Union of Students, are very atypical of lots of students who just go up to university, have a good time, get a good job at the end of it. And as I say, I, although some of our results are very worrying, 
and and you know other people should have uncovered these results before we before we did but you know they're there now in the public domain um uh, although our results are very wrong, they also just show a lot of confusion. I'm not sure students are, are, are maligned. They, they just need to think about these issues a bit more deeply, and they need to think about what the purpose of higher education is. Um, so I'm a bit more optimistic, but I could understand why some people would choose to interpret our results in a pessimistic way. Oh, that's I, me. I don't remember being confused at that age um, at all. I was too busy trying to find girls, frankly. No, honestly, it's, 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 I, I think society has changed significantly over two or three decades. Um, and not for the better. Not for the better. Uh, and is it going to be the case that uh, uh, aspects of history will offend and or frighten people? For example, imagine a history class where... Uh, they have to talk about Hitler's reign and uh, all the atrocities that uh, he was responsible for. Is you know, Are people going to freak out at that? Are they going to ask to be excused from class? You know, are we, are we uh, promoting this sort of weakness uh, in our, um, in, in our uh, species? Uh, is it going to need... transfer to our children? That's deep. Uh, from, uh, you know, from one generation to the next? Because, frankly, uh, I feel today that if, if there was a war and the young people were uh, conscripted to, to uh, go and fight on our behalf, I think a lot of them, A, would resist, uh, and B, the ones that do go will just simply fall apart. Well, um, <laughs> that, you know, um, that, uh, in a way, that's, an, that's, a, <coughs> excuse me, that's another, another whole big topic. But I remember, even before I'm a historian, really, this is not a few years before the Second World War, there was a famous Oxford Union motion where most of the Oxford students said they didn't want to go uh, and fight for British interests. But when the war came, of course, uh, the country pulled together. So, so I'm a bit more optimistic than that. But I think there's one really important thing you put your finger on, which is that the average student who goes to university now is very different to the average student in the past. So 30 years ago, very small proportions of people went to university. Now, very high proportions, both in Australia and the UK, now go to university. That's true. Um, but they're different sorts of people. Lots of people go to university now who would not have got to university in the past, and they need to be helped think about what university is meant to be about, which is about pushing forward the frontiers of knowledge and having debates so that you cannot have elsewhere. So, mm. um, so I'm a bit more optimistic, but we also do need to remind academics that that is the role of the university as well, because mm. I totally mm. agree with you that when a history academic, for example, is only teaching one particular perception of or understanding of history and not explaining mm. to students that different people have different views, then you do get into dangerous territory. AP, mm. now as the uh, father of some uh, a soon-to-be probably university student, what do you think? Oh, I think Pampers ought to ramp up their production of adult-sized nappies. I think the whole world's going to shit in a handbag. I can't argue with it. Thank you for that very, very insightful piece. Obviously, we don't think That's very right. much of uh, Gen Y, to be perfectly honest there, Nick. Um, we uh, we give them a flogging all the time, and, and this just goes to prove that uh, I think it's deservedly so, but just imagine what it's going to be like when the uh, a generation or two uh, come along when they're uh, 
the double A generation and they're named after a small battery. They're going to have some significant <laughs> be issues. They'll pensions, though. Let's not, let's not forget when we're old. They'll be oh, no, our that, pensions, so that, we mustn't be too rude about Oh, it. no, they'll, they'll all be bitching. They're, they're, Gen Y is going ape in this country about uh, the <laughs> baby boomers have caused all the problems. They're sucking all the money out of everything and they're leaving nothing. And so they're, um, they're missing out. So... Nick, it's been very very good to talk to you. Thank you very much for uh, for ringing us back. Yes, and um, if we find any more um, interesting things on education policy in America, uh, oh sorry, England rather, uh, I know I now have your number. And um, gee, that's bad luck for you, but uh, we have it, and uh, we'll use it in future. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> I look forward to it. Bye. Okay, bye bye. See you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Well, what a nice chap. He was very informative, very friendly, informative, friendly, uh, and awfully nice his, of him to ring. Definitely knew his topic. Well, I'd like to think he would. I mean, if you read his bio on the website, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And uh, sorry to have interrupted your um, spiel there so long ago, AP. But I thought it was important we take the call when I saw that it was coming in from the mother country. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it was nice of him to. I can't believe he called us back. I, yeah, I must admit that is a first. <laughs> yeah. That is a first. That's I sensational. Believe, yeah, I can't said. believe that he paid yeah. for the phone call. He Even better. Apologised that he was busy and uh, and sort of what can I do for you? I thought, oh, geez. Terribly is nice. This guy, chap. Is this guy having us on? Terribly nice chap. No, I was very impressed. And uh, and and I thought that your insightful. Yeah. Well, Mike, I mean, I didn't. Like your contribution was very valuable. Oh, you, oh, you like that? Oh, I thought it was impressive. I, I think Pampers. If anyone from uh, the production team at Pampers is listening, I reckon they're already onto the. They've already got the machines wearing. Oh, I reckon they're going fourteen to the dozen. Yeah. No doubt yeah, about it. Adult sized nappies for all the all the little, all the little useless drongos in the world. Little soft cock fuckheads. That's, That's anything one. we can call them, in my view.